Chapter Twenty Five of Quiet Hints to Growing Preachers in My Study. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Quiet Hints to Growing Preachers in My Study by Charles Edward Jefferson. Chapter Twenty Five: Eagles, Racehorses, and Plotters. The climax of God's redeeming grace, according to Isaiah forty thirty one, is found in the strength which enables men to plod. To soar like an eagle is difficult, to run like a racehorse is more difficult still, but to walk and not faint, this is the greatest feat which the power of God can enable any man to do. The high art of walking is one which the minister must master. Of all men, he can least afford to indulge in the luxury of flying or running. These only put him out of breath and unfit him for his work. His usefulness depends upon the evenness and continuousness of his labors. He is a shepherd, and shepherds neither fly nor run. A shepherd's work is prosaic, tedious, slow and obscure. Feeding sheep is his daily task, and for this he needs neither the metal of the racer nor the buoyancy of the eagle. He must have a genius for plodding. The clergyman who is able to trudge bravely through the years filling the months with quiet, honest work, pressing himself close upon his people, and holding his people and himself close to the heart of Christ, may cause little stir in the world, but he will make an impression which will be felt in heaven. The farmer and preacher have need of the same patience, fidelity, and pluck. The laws of the soil and the soul are inexorable, and processes of growth in matter and spirit are orderly and slow. There must be hard ploughing, faithful sowing, patient waiting, and skilful harvesting, if the Lord of the harvest is to give a reward. A man who only prances or flies is a failure both in pulpit and field. But this gift of plodding has not been given to all men. It is a form of genius, almost as invaluable and rare as that of the artist and poet. If a man does not possess it, let him keep out of the ministry. He will be unhappy all his days, and at eventide it shall be dark. The parish will be a cage against whose bars he will beat and bruise his impatient wings. The church will be a dray in whose shafts he will chafe and fret, repining always over imaginary races which he might have run and won. Some men cannot brook obscurity. They covet popular attention. They live on public favor. Unless they can attract and hold the eye of the community, they are of all men most wretched. To be ignored by the press is to them Gehenna. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever is not enough. They must cut a figure along with other notorious characters in the public eye, for this also is a part of the chief end of man. And so, instead of going quietly about their work doing good to all men according to their opportunity, they attempt to play the eagle. They soar into the heavens of dazzling rhetoric and spread their wings on the broad realms of sensational devices. To make a show, either in the pulpit or in parochial activity, becomes a consuming, devastating ambition. These would-be eagles of the pulpit have brought the clergy in many quarters into irretrievable disrepute. Not a few newspaper men hold ministers in contempt because of their unhappy dealings with pulpit eagles, who have clamored incessantly for the privilege of soaring in their columns. 
a minister itching for public recognition, not only makes himself ridiculous, but throws suspicion on all his brethren. Or, if a man is too shrewd to thrust himself upon the lords of the press, he may display his eagle instincts in other ways. He may prepare great sermons, possibly three or four, just to let his people know what tremendous heights he can reach when he cares to spread his pinions. But these aerial flights use up so much vitality that for a month after one of them he is as tame and weak-winged as an aged barnyard fowl. No man can fly all the time, or even one day in seven. And worst of all, this mad desire to imitate the eagle begets and nourishes a deep-seated discontent. The man afflicted with it is always brooding over imagined slights and neglects. The community does not appreciate him. His own church underestimates his ability, and out of this sense of injustice proceed vague and feverish dreams of other parishes where eagles are appreciated at their full value, and of other people whose eyes are open to the gifts and graces which his own people fail to see. It is the misfortune of ministers who want to fly like eagles that most of them have only the wings of a more humble bird. What seems to them august soaring appears to those who behold them nothing more than the awkward flopping of a gander which does not know his place. To be a clerical racehorse is as disastrous as to be an ordained eagle. Some men are always running races, and attract the public notice by their snorting and perspiration. They look upon all the ministers around them as so many rivals in a race, and laying aside every weight, sometimes even ethical obligations, they run with fury the race which is set before them, looking not unto Jesus, but at the man who seems most likely to outstrip them. This race becomes more furious if the ministers chance to be of the same denomination, for in that case the speed made by the racers will be entered on the same page in the denominational church record, and a clergyman stands branded in the eyes of church committees who is unable on the racetrack to leave all competitors behind. Sad, indeed, is the story if one had the heart to tell it. What will ministers not do when the fever of the race-course is once in their blood? They will lie about the size of their congregation, and pad the role of their church membership, and drop subtracting insinuations about the man ahead of them, and carry into the pulpit a heart full of envy and bitterness, and become a hypocrite as deep-stained and damnable as were the hollow-hearted miscreants at whom the Lord hurled thunderbolts nineteen centuries ago. The salvation of the minister, like that of other men, lies in his willingness to do his duty without fuss or feathers, up to the level of his strength and opportunity. Fame is nothing. Publicity is nothing. Popularity is nothing. Serving God by helping men is all. Most of the best work done in the world is done by unnoticed toilers in obscure fields. Most of the best preaching is done in pulpits, which have no halo around them in the public eye. The best sermons do not, as a rule, get into the papers, nor is there any mention made of them by the reporters. The most influential preachers are not those most talked about, but those whose words go deepest into the consciences and hearts of men. The church can afford a few eagles and racehorses of the nobler sort, but after all the solid and enduring work must be done largely by the plotters. 
my brother, if you are capable of walking without fainting, thank God and take courage. You are a man of gifts, and have in yourself indubitable evidence of the presence and favor of the Almighty. Other men may astonish the nation by flying over every celebration, but at the end of the day you have sown precious seed, and will come home rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. End of chapter 25